Metro TV will begin in approximately 45 seconds. Planning and Zoning. I'm Councilwoman Madonna Flood, Chair of the Committee. I'm joined by my Vice Chair today, Councilman Scott Reed, by Committee Members Councilman Philip Baker, Councilman Ben Reno-Weber, who's a new addition to the committee. Welcome. Council, Thank you. Council Member Betsy Rui, Council Member Robin Engel, Council Member Khalil Bashon, and Councilwoman Jennifer Chapel. We're also joined virtually by Councilwoman Cindy Fowler. She has a piece of legislation uh, in her district, and we're gonna take that item first, and I think that's item number seven. Um, Julia, I'll give you a few minutes, a few seconds, or whatever you need to call that one up. Also, this meeting is being held pursuant to KRS 61.826 and Council Rule 5A. 
ahead. Okay. Oh, first order of business. I guess I better read it into the record. This is an ordinance relating to the revised district development plan for property located at 11905 Dixie Highway containing approximately 2.19 acres and being in Louisville Metro case number 22DDP0078. Motion to approve. Second read. Properly moved by Councilman Engel and seconded by Councilman, uh, excuse me, moved by Councilman Engel and seconded by Councilman Reed. We're ready for discussion, Julia. Julia Williams, Planning and Design Services staff. Uh, this is case number 22 DDP 78. Uh, this is located in Council District 14 in uh, Southwest Jefferson County. Okay. Better? No? Better? All right, so this is the aerial view of the site. Uh, the existing use is commercial and industrial, and the proposed use is also commercial industrial. Uh, this is the zoning for the site. It's currently zoned CM in the Suburban Marketplace Corridor Farm District along Dixie Highway. Uh, the request is a revised, de revised detailed district development plan with revisions to binding elements. Uh, the applicant is proposing to add a trailer sales and storage business to a site that is currently under development for mini storage in the Valley Station area of southwestern Jefferson, uh, Louisville Metro. Uh, the site was rezoned to CM with an approved development plan and binding elements under docket 17 zone 1022. The subject site is approximately 2.19 acres in the suburban marketplace corridor um, at the intersection of East Orrell Avenue and Dixie Highway. Uh, so this is the approved plan showing the uh, mini warehouses uh, from 2017 and the 2022 approved plan again showing uh, mini warehouses and then the proposed plan uh, is to have some storage areas uh, and then a little bit of mini warehouse uh, so this is the subject site different view of this of the subject site uh, the Planning Commission held a public hearing on January 5th 2023 uh, no one spoke in opposition and there was a motion to recommend approval of the revised plan by a vote of seven to zero and that's all I have are there any questions have a question this what was this a case where there was was there enforcement action or something is that why the case is in front of us so there was a binding element that uh, said that any changes would have to come back to Metro Council and over time they uh, they did uh, add on a or proposed to build a storage building and then uh, the binding element was missed early on and so now they wanted to do something different and that proposed change had to come back for before Metro Council to address that binding element. Um, can we go back to those, the pictures? Yeah, um, yeah, go inside, the one inside the lot. And those, those are the type of trailers, I take it? Yes. And those are what, are those the trailers that are permitted in this new zoning classification? So those, the, the new zoning classification, meaning the truck parking. Uh, so it, it depends on the axles 
of uh, how many axles they have. So this would be one of those. That would be permitted? That would be permitted, yes. Okay, all right. They, this has multiple axles, like double axles. Okay, um, I think I need to recognize uh, Travis Feaster, the county attorney, at this point in time. Unless someone else has questions, no one's in the queue. Does anybody else have any questions or comments? Go ahead, Councilman Bastone. Sorry, thank you. I'm, I guess I'm trying to understand exactly, or is this needs to be rezoned, or, or is it going up for, or is he redeveloping the property? Is he gonna take the, I, I'm not understanding exactly what's going on on this property here, sorry. Sure, uh, so uh, sometimes Metro Council adds a binding element that says that development plans have to, if they make some major changes, have to come back to Metro Council for approval, and that's what's being done here. So they've made some uh, significant changes to the development plan, and the binding element requires it to come to Metro Council for that approval. And so the significant changes are gonna be mini storage units then? and not trailer sales anymore. Is that what we're looking at? The opposite. So uh, no mini storage or less mini storage and um, outdoor, sale, outdoor storage sales and display where it was previously mini storage. I think you've answered the question. I, I, okay. I may have They wanna sell these trailers and have that outdoor storage. Full disclosure. I, I literally, I just bought a trailer from this exact location. So I, I, I feel like they're doing right. I don't know. Um, I just wanted to make sure that was clear and it, it looks like it's operating properly from, from that end of it. I, I, so it's not zoned to sell trailers? It is zoned to sell trailers. It's just the development plan changed from mini warehouse to outdoor sales and display and to, and to not have all those mini warehouse buildings on it. And so that change, because the development plan changed, Metro Council has to approve that change. Understood, thank you. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I don't wanna jump the gun. Councilwoman Fowler, do you wanna give any lead in here? Or do you just want me to dive right in? I'm sorry. Um, I, I said I, I didn't want to jump in front of you if you wanted to, to provide any introduction or oh, whatever. Oh, no. Do you want me no, to you're ahead? fine. Okay. Um, so do you want me to, to read in the, the amendment? Uh, yes, please. Okay, happy to. Um, so this will be a proposed amendment by substitution. It is fairly lengthy, so I apologize, but um, we'll get through it. Whereas the Legislative Council of the Louisville Jefferson County Metro Government Council previously approved the zoning change in connection with 11905 Dixie Highway pursuant to ordinance number 239 series 2017, the 2017 ordinance. And whereas as part of the 2017 ordinance, any change of use or change to the approved development plan for 11905 Dixie Highway shall require council review and approval. And whereas as part of the 2017 ordinance, any amendment to binding element number 10, which restricts the uses on 11905 Dixie Highway to only quote, those uses allowed in the CM zoning district that are otherwise allowed in the C2 zoning district and for warehouse storage 
but not for other uses permitted in the M1 zoning district, unquote, shall require council approval. And whereas a revised district development plan has been proposed for 11905 Dixie Highway, pursuant to case number 22DDP0078, and whereas the revised detailed district development plan includes a proposed amendment to BE10 to also include outdoor storage and sales of trailers as permitted uses, and whereas the council has considered the evidence presented at the public hearing held by the Louisville Metro Planning Commission, Planning Commission, and recommendations of the Planning Commission and its staff as set out in the minutes and records of the Planning Commission in case 22 DDP 0078, and whereas the council rejects the findings of the Planning Commission for the revised district development plan and amended binding elements in case number 22 DDP 0078, and has made alternative findings of fact based on the Planning Commission's record that support maintaining the existing development plan and binding elements, and whereas the council makes the following findings of fact based upon the record established before the Planning Commission for case 22 DDP 0078 to overturn the recommendations of the Planning Commission and maintain the existing development plan and binding elements on the property located at 11905 Dixie Highway and being in Louisville Metro. And whereas the current plan, which was proposed as part of the 2017 ordinance, is for many warehouses, a use which would have been permitted under C2 with the granting of a conditional use permit, but the owner developer saved time and money by instead pursuing a zoning, uh, rezoning to CM uh, limited by binding element 10. And whereas binding element 10 was a critical factor in council's consideration of the 2017 ordinance, as there are a variety of uses otherwise permitted in the M1 zoning district, which would not have been appropriate for the property. And whereas the M1 warehouse and storage uses permitted by BE10 were intentionally contained inside buildings to minimize the impact on neighboring properties, which includes C2 and residentially zoned properties. And whereas the proposed addition of outdoor storage and sales of trailers is likely to have significant impacts on such neighboring properties. And whereas the owner developer never constructed the current plan, which was proposed as part of the 2017 ordinance. And whereas the owner developer was observed storing trailers on the property in violation of both the current plan and binding element 10, which resulted in zoning enforcement case docket number ENFZON. 19000294 and seems to have been the impetus for the current request. And whereas the council does not wish to encourage the current owner developer or any applicants to violate their existing plans and binding elements in the hopes of the planning commission and or the council uh, automatically approving proposals which would render such violations legal. And whereas the council believes such cases demand appropriate scrutiny and has no justification for violations in this case. And Whereas for the foregoing reasons, the council is opposed to the proposed expansion of additional M1 uses on the property at this time. And whereas without the requested changes to mining element 10, the requested development plan depicts impermissible use and so must also be denied. Now therefore be it ordained by the legislative council of the Louisville Johnson County Metro Government as follows, section one, that the revised district development plan and approved uh, and amended mining elements for the property located at 11905 Dixie Highway, containing approximately 2.19 acres and being a Louisville Metro, as more particularly described in the minutes and records of the Planning Commission in case 22 DDP 0078 is hereby denied. Section two, that this ordinance shall take effect upon its passage and approval or otherwise becoming law. Um, so to briefly summarize, part of the developer's request was for an amendment to binding element 10, which had restricted the uses on site um, and this uh, amendment by substitution 
lays out reasons why that is inappropriate and why it should be denied. Um, I'm happy to take any questions or Council One Fowler if you'd like to make any comments, of course. Thank you, Travis. Um, is it okay, um, Madam Chair? Go ahead, Councilman Fowler. Thank you. Um, so, you know, this is not something I like to do, but this has been a very problematic um, uh, case since 2017. It has had several um, out of compliance cases and uh, this latest one uh, is, is just, you know, we, we just can't do it. So one thing that I want to be clear on is the trailers that are currently on site are the majority. There's about six trailers that are within the guidelines laid out in the LMCO. Um, but the, um, the one that is problematic is under 2.6.6A, heavy truck parking allowed in EZ1, M1, M2, PEC. A utility trailer is a vehicle designed to be pulled behind a motor vehicle, which is used to carry property, trash, or special equipment. Utility trailers are less than or equal to 16 foot in length and shall be re regulated as medium trailers, trailer, medium trucks. Utility trailers in excess of 16 foot in length shall be considered industrial vehicles and are regulated as heavy trucks. Utility trailers shall be measured excluding the tongue. So as I said before, the majority of the trailers and you can see on the pictures that are on on our um, on the system that you know they're over, over 16 foot. There's about five, I believe, that are um, within those guidelines. And you know they know it. Planning design knows it. I'm not sure if the planning commission realized, but they should have known that there was an open case on this. And these trailers have been in place since last summer. And, you know, I just don't think it's good practice to um, pass something out that is clearly in violation of the LMCO currently as we speak. So um, I appreciate your support on this. Um, I, like I said, I hate to do it, but I don't know what else to do at this point. We've, we've reached out. We've asked for explanations of why and have not gotten what we needed. I appreciate your support. Um, I'm going to ask the clerk, do we need to um, vote on her amendment by substitution before we ask questions and discuss it? Or can we ask? We can ask. Go, okay. No, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, so I need a motion and a second to adopt uh, so that we can discuss it this. So we discuss the amendment. Motion. Motion. Okay. Properly moved by Councilman Batshawn. I'm sorry because everybody's names are different in front of them. And Council, except Councilwoman Ruiz, she seconded that motion. Okay. I just. It's okay. It's okay. I just. Am I to understand that even when we if we if we adopt this development plan, 
that the applicant is still in violation of the new development plan? That's, can somebody answer that? That's my understanding, um, Madam Chair. I mean, because normally, normally when there's enforcement action, it's to change to change the development plan or change in zoning, so that person or that development becomes in compliance with what's before us. So right now, that is not the case. Is that correct, Julia? Do you know by any chance? I don't know right off without looking at our, our definitions in our land development code uh, for trailer storage and and you know the differentiations of of axles and what is defined in the uh, under CM. I need to, I would need to look at that first. Okay. Uh, Councilman Batchon. Thank you, uh, Mr. Joyo. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, so rather than denying, how do we help facilitate the developer into getting in compliant or guiding them in the right direction as coaches and teachers to the quote unquote developer to be in compliance so we have the proper um, things in place so we can move the investments further in our communities rather than hindering and, and, and putting up more red tape. Um, not to say that we're doing that here, I'm just using that as an example. How do we coach it along versus and getting it to where it needs to be um, rather than just, because I'm, I guess I'm looking at it from the perspective of the developer is also the landlord, right? And then you have a business who is selling trailers in this operation. Now you are putting red tape and hindrance on the business owner, not just the, the developer or landlord of the property. So how do we guide the business owner into getting them in compliance as well as possibly the developer, if, if that makes sense? Sure, so M1 allows for heavy truck parking and the CM zone allows for C2 and M1. So the zoning itself allows for heavy truck parking, which what they have on site would constitute as heavy truck parking uh, with these trailers. However, there's a binding element that says that you can't have that so what the applicant asked for was for that binding element to allow for this, uh, like essentially allow for M this M1 use of heavy truck parking to permit what they have here on site. So you're looking at binding element 10. Correct. Well, the subject property shall only be used for those allowed in the CM zoning district that otherwise allow in the C2 zoning district and for warehouse storage, outdoor storage and sales of trailers, but for no other permitted in M1 zoning district. Any, any amendments to this binding element shall require approval by Louisville Metro Planning Commission and from the Louisville Metro Council. So they're selling trailers. Those are larger trailers than a six by six, which it's still a trailer, and it is used for utility purposes, whether it's to haul hay, whether it's to haul tractors, whether it's to haul a vehicle, 
it's a utility trailer. So, and you're saying the developer requested to rezone to M1? No, it's a, it, CM allows for M1 uses. So the zoning is already there that allows for the use that they ha currently have on the property. And it's went through planning commission and they approved it with no opposition seven to zero, correct? That's correct. Okay, thank you. Madam Chair, may I? Yes, Councilman Fowler. So when you go down to biting element number 14, it explains that these trailers are to be limited to medium duty utility trailers and or recreational vehicle trailers as defined by the land development code. I read the land development code language into the record and that again says utility trailers less than or equal to 16 feet in length shall be regulated as medium and they, they call them trucks whether it's a trailer or a truck it's the same deal. Um, utility trailers in excess of 16 foot in length shall be considered industrial vehicles and are regulated as heavy trucks. You asked a question, Councilman Bassan, about um, helping the developer. And, you know, he knows he's out of compliance because he knows that those trailers are over 16 foot. He was cited for them last summer. And so he did a revised development plan. And what they said that they wanted was under binding element number 14 was 14 was was trailer sales on subject sites shall be limited to medium duty utility trailers which again under 2.6.6a in the land development code gives you a definition of what that is and it's less than six 16 foot or less so if this had not been such a problematic property um, in the last about six years, six years, it's been going on that the changes and and the out of compliance, and you know I wouldn't do this, but I, I don't know what else to do because I believe uh, Councilman uh, Chair Flood uh, maybe reached out as well and got no response. I'm I'm looking at um, staff report that I guess the original um, development plan was approved was in 2017 and then sometime last year under docket 22 DDP 009 was that when the change came and then this change that it, it was a change if I may it was a change to the development plan um, because they had built buildings that were not on the development plan and um, and then they got shut down by the state because they had plumbing in there um, that wasn't supposed to be part of the plan and so then they changed it and now here we are and and by the way um, they changed it without it coming back to the Metro Council and um, that was the thing that happened uh, that you're speaking about is when they finally brought it back to the Metro Council two years later Okay, thank you. Councilman Batchon. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, Councilwoman Fowler, how do you suggest 
moving forward, if I guess I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here, right? Um, I, I'm I'm educate me, please. I, I want to learn as much as possible on this. But my my question to you is, we deny this. Now we have another vacant, abandoned property on Dixie Highway. Mm -hmm. Is that what we want to continue to set a precedence on, or do we want to move forward with helping? and finding solutions and working together, and I say that very strongly, working together to, to help move people forward rather than bringing things backwards. Madam Chair, if I may. I'll allow this one more time. Thank you. Um, so, I don't know how to move forward in, it's not gonna be a vacant lot, they still have a development plan for, you know, doing the buildings that they had. He just got a wild hair and decided he was going to do trailer sales. And, you know, if, if we pass this tomorrow, there will be a zoning officer out there citing them for illegal um, non-compliance of their development plan. That's what will happen. And, you know, <laughs> I don't understand why planning design services thinks it's okay to do that. I'm not sure whether the planning commission even knew they should have known that there was a um, an open case on, on this site. Um, but I just don't think it's good practice, you know, it, to, to just go ahead and pass it out of committee and then start the ball rolling again for another year because they're not going to be it's not going to be a vacant lot okay it's they're going to they'll do something but it will have to be within the guidelines that are laid forth in the development plans if we don't follow the development plans why do we even have them that's my concern councilman ingle thank you madam chair travis do you believe that if we pass this today there will be a zoning officer at this property tomorrow morning citing this as an illegal uh, development. Um, let me speak generally. Uh, so obviously we're in committee today, so you know we need to wait for final council action before a, a real determination of what the future of this property is. Um, a zoning officer, I mean, there is a pending enforcement case on there, so a zoning officer could be checking up on that case. They could be checking up on it right now. They could be checking up on it tomorrow. They could be holding in pendency of council action. Um, if council were to pass this or any amended development plan on any case, um, then it, there's normally some reasonable period to allow the applicant to, to you know, construct the new development. Now, whether... Um, I think that the sort of specifics of the restrictions on the size of trailer at issue here are unique to this case and that even if the applicant were to fully construct their development plan, they would not be allowed those heavy duty trailers. They're restricted at medium duty by binding element 14, I believe. Um, and so whether that would necessarily result in a citation right off the bat, that's sort of up to the zoning officer's discretion. I think it's probably more likely that they would go out and, you know, if they were to conduct a measurement and say, hey, this is above it, then, you know, in the process of you all constructing your storage building and stuff, get 
trailer X, Y, and Z off the property, but it's possible they'd, they'd issue something. Um, but I, I think that's more roughly how it would play out. Uh, Emily, could I have a follow-up, please? And Madam Chair, I may, have, I may have jumped ahead of myself, but for, first off, colleagues, the good news here is, here is that the chair of this committee, many moon, moons ago, really not many moons ago, but she saw it up, uh, that, that we passed a binding element that anything like this happens, it's going to come back before the Metro Council. So th this, that's, this is good news. That's why we are here and that's why we're discussing this. But Madam Chair, what, the seven to nothing vote by the Planning Commission was to move this forward, correct? Move, move, not the denial, but the approval. Is that, is that correct? Is that where we're at? So this is a, an motion substitution to deny this project. Is that correct? Okay, so we are going to overturn a seven to nothing vote by the Planning Commission who we charge with having a fairly significant understanding of development in this community. I've always had a tough time with that. I'm not saying they get it right, folks, every time. But it is very difficult for a unanimous vote here for us to sit here and deny this. I'm not saying we can't. I'm just putting this on the table. More discussion, I guess. But that's where I'm at struggling right now. I feel for the council councilwoman. I want, you know, I, there's a lot of development going on in my district. It's not all good at times. Uh, but I did hear a comment earlier, you know, if the, what really comes down to this, if not this, then what? What will go on this property in the future? So anyway, I'm still struggling, Madam Chair. I haven't talked myself into really being solidly confident in anything other than, again, a seven to nothing vote. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Engel. Uh, Councilman Batchon. Thank you, Madam Chair. And I think this one's for uh, Mr. Feaster. Uh, if this is denied and if the property owner at this point, the business has now gone out of business um, and the property owner chooses not to develop it in the original context and allows it to sit vacant and do nothing with it, where are we at that point? We have a, a plan that was originally submitted, correct? And then we try to amend it or change it. It gets denied. Now you've put a business out of business, and now you have a vacant property that will never be developed if the guy chooses not to and or sell it. And it just sits empty, doing nothing, collecting dust, rust, and millions down the drain. I, I, I'm Again, I'm... I want to be educated. I want you to tell me what happens in that rim. Do we have a time frame on his development to move forward to get it to where it's supposed to be, or does it just sit dormant? I think we need to remind the committee that our charge here is to approve development plans, not try to second guess what may happen in the future or not happen in the future, what the facts are in front of us, or or a change in zoning if that's the proper use for that particular piece of property. Um, so Councilwoman Cindy Fowler and uh, 
sorry, Manager, would you like me to address the question? I, I can be very brief. Um, uh, so, you know, any developer can choose not to develop a project. We could approve rezonings all day long, and if a developer doesn't want to break ground, they don't, we can't require them to, um, unless they're in some sort of specific development agreement, and those are very rare cases with the city. Um, so for most cases we see. Uh, it's important to note that on this property is zone CM, and so this binding element number 10 is just restricting the industrial, the M1 uses, all the commercial C2 uses remain, so there are a number of options for this property that aren't even being discussed at the moment. So if they wanted to do any of the numerous options within C2, they could uh, without requiring an amendment to that binding element. Um, now, that would still require an amended plan, but it wouldn't require this expansion for outdoor storage and trailers. Um, so if, if they are only interested in this specific use on the property and nothing else, maybe they let it sit, but otherwise there are other options available. Councilwoman Fowler, you were in the queue. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, so, uh, Travis, correct me if I'm wrong, but the development plan that is currently in place would still be the option for the um, developer, correct? Potentially, there is a little bit of a wrinkle. Development plans have a two-year expiration date. Um, and Julia, do you know when the latest plans date run? I mean, th th those are regularly granted uh, up to one extension sort of by request and then a second one with the hearing before DRC. So uh, assuming that plan hasn't been too far down the road. Um, it, but, but generally, yes, it, generally if a, if a current, you know, if this plan would be denied, then sort of the assumption, their presumption for the lot would be the previous plan, assuming it hasn't expired. And it was a 2022 case, okay. so it would not have been expired yet. So, Madam Chair, if I may, um, you know, I understand your concerns, Councilman Basson and, and Councilman Engel, I do. Um, but I also understand that, um, especially Councilman Engel, if you had dealt with what I had dealt with on this property for the last six years, you would be very frustrated at this point, and you would be saying, "I'm." there's just a line somewhere in the sand that you have to say, I'm done, and I cannot pass something out of committee that I know is in violation at this very moment. It is just not good practice. I don't know why we would even consider doing it. I don't know why the uh, Planning Commission did it. I think probably they did not know. So, you know, I... I and very frustrated. I would love for something to go in there and stay in there, but this is not, it is not compliant. I mean, before we ever approve it, it is not compliant. And this is like the third case on this, maybe the fourth. I still appreciate your support. Whoever is willing to go out on the limb with me, I appreciate it. Is there any more comments or discussion? No one is in the queue, so what will we be voting on is for the denial of the change in the development plan. So if you will, Chair, I'll open the voting. Just, Madam Chair, just a clarification. Yes. So the, the, the denial that's been moved, that it's the, the amendment problem. by substitution right. denying this case. Right. That's what we're voting on. The amendment by substitution. Right. 
Vice Chair Reed. No. Madam Chair, do I get a vote? Not on the change in development plans, only in change okay, in zoning. You. you do at the council level. Without objection, voting is closing. There are two yes votes and five no votes, so the amendment fails. So now we have the new, the original piece of legislation in front of us. Or is there any questions or comments here? Seeing no one in the queue and hearing none, we're ready to vote. Uh, Council, I'm sorry. Um, Chair Flood? Yes. I couldn't get in the queue fast enough. Oh, go ahead. And so I just want to say again, when this passes, if it does next Thursday, if it passes out of here and it passes out of the uh, council meeting, there will be on the next day, Friday morning, there will be somebody out there to cite that developer for non-compliant use of this development plan. Thank you. Voting is open. And this is for the original development plan. Vice Chair Reed. Yes. Without objection, voting is closing. There are four yes votes and two no votes, and this goes to old business at our next council meeting. Item six and item eight are still being held at the request of council members. So we're gonna go back up to the first um, piece of legislation, which is an ordinance relating to the zoning of properties located at 1920 and 1922 Her Lane and containing approximately 8.11 acres in Bend and Louisville Metro, case number 22 zone 0073. Ocean Reef. Second. Properly moved by Councilman Reed and seconded by Councilwoman Chapel. We're ready for discussion. Again, Julia Williams, Planning and Design Services staff. This is 22 Zone 73, the Bull Run Townhomes. Uh, this is located in Council District 7 off of Hare Lane. Uh, the existing use is uh, residential and agricultural, and the proposed is residential. Uh, the site is located off of Hare Lane. Uh, the existing zoning is R4 and the proposals for R5A in the neighborhood form district. Uh, the request was a change in zoning from R4 single family residential to R5A multifamily residential and a detailed district development plan with binding elements. Uh, the site is currently developed with a commercial uh, structure and residential structures. Uh, those are not uh, proposed to be preserved. Uh, the proposals for a 72-unit townhome-style multifamily. Uh, it's adjacent to Providence Point, which will share its access. 
The majority of the site is located in the city of Graymore Devondale with a smaller portion in Louisville Metro. There is a transit stop located at the corner of Hare Lane and Crossmore Lane, and that is proposed to be improved for better access. Uh, so this is the subject property from Hare Lane and from Hare Lane at the Crossmore intersection. Uh, so this is the future, the top photograph is the future site of Providence Point to the north and a uh, single family across Hare Lane. A single family across Crossmore and adjacent single family down Crossmore. Uh, so this is the applicant's development plan. Uh, the uh, access is from Hare Lane through the Providence Point development and the I want to say the L portion, uh, the, the most northern portion on this site is uh, located in the city of Louisville. There's a slide that's better that shows that. So this area highlighted in yellow is Louisville Metro. And then the rest is Graymore Devondale. Uh, so these are the building elevations for the property. Uh, so a neighborhood meeting was held on July 15th, 2021. Uh, an LDNT meeting on October 13, 2022. Planning Commission held its public hearing on January 19, 2023, where four people spoke in opposition, and there was a motion to recommend approval of the change in zoning from R4 to R5A by a vote of eight to zero. Are there any questions? Yeah, the majority of this is in Graymore, Devondale, and right. I believe their meeting did you, is it Thursday night or tonight? Uh, I believe it's tonight, Madam Chair. Tonight. Um, and so, uh, Councilman McCray may wish, may wish to speak, but I know that our previous communications had been sort of monitoring that. We had a similar case recently in St. Matthews, I believe, where the majority of property was there, and we sort of mirrored, uh, obviously it would be really strange for the majority of this property to be one zone, <laughs> the our remainder to be another. Um, and so I think we're sort of waiting on seeing their action, but at the same time, since they are, uh, I think, taking action this evening, it could be moved out of committee and you know amendments drafted if necessary to make sure it all matches up at council but uh, councilwoman mccraney probably has more to say about that councilwoman mccraney yes and we were joined when we started this discussion so go ahead councilwoman mccraney so much yes they're meeting tonight and i would like to defer this to after they have made their decision because they have the majority of parcel in their area so if it's not, if it's still within the allotted time, can we hold it until next committee for our portion? Uh, just a minute, Councilwoman, I'm checking the, I know we're tight on time because of uh, spring break. Yeah, we have spring break coming up. Let me get my calendar out too. It's I think April 9th. In our next council meeting, the 16th, April 16th. And we don't have another, our next committee meeting is April 18th, is that correct? Somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, so I, if, if you don't, my, my recommendation would be to, to get this out in front of council, even if it gets held at the council level for that next meeting, at least we'd not be stuck with the weird committee overlap. So, uh, so we can pass it out of committee with no recommendation based on this decision for, for the majority of the proper, property. So, I mean, that would be my suggestion since it's the majority of the properties in theirs and we are waiting to see what they do is to pass it out without a recommendation. Anybody have any thoughts or comments about that? 
May I say, go Madam ahead. Chair, yes. I'm totally fine with that decision. Okay. Do we need to, to vote? For, oh, Councilman Baker, I'm sorry. Uh, if Councilwoman McCraney is okay with it, I'm more than okay with going ahead and passing it in front of the council uh, based on the time crunch. Do we, do we need to? And did I hear you correctly, Councilwoman McCraney, with that decision? Okay. Okay, we're going to take a roll call vote to pass this without a recommendation from the committee to go to council, and at that point in time, we'll know more about what's going on and have time to fully uh, vet out if we need to change our language. Councilman Bastone. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, just, just so I'm understanding, right? So, we're going to pass this out of committee. Um, so we allow the that city to do their due diligence and and whatnot and then i guess we're going to follow that lead in their requirements and requests so i'm assuming that this is going to come back to us or no no we're going to vote on it on the council floor okay um we don't have another committee meeting till after after our break. next understood count yeah. and it's it's i think the 19th is the drop dead so we would not have time to bring it back to committee and then take it into the next council meeting after that because that would be in, into the May, into into May. Okay, calendar understood, month. yeah, so thank you, yes, thank okay. you. I'll motion, second. Pro <laughs> properly moved by Councilman Batshawn and seconded by Councilman Baker. <laughs> Way to work in tandem there, guys, okay. It properly moved in second, we're ready for a vote. Cheryl, if you'll call the the row. Vice Chair Reed. Yes. Councilmember McCraney. Yes. So without objection, voting is closing, and there are eight yes votes. So this will go to to forward to the whole Metro Council without a recommendation from Planning and Zoning. Thank you. We have. Very rarely ever had to do that. I think this might be the second time in the last 20 years that I know that we've done this. So, okay, now we'll move on to. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, on the last vote, we, we will have one present vote on all votes today, and that'll be our newest council member, Council Reno Weber, so he can properly get his. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ben. Okay, <laughs> so that he can properly get his uh, arms around this uh, committee, and we will not—we don't allow committee members to leave. So you should just know that. Yeah. <laughs> Item number two is an ordinance relating to the zoning of properties located at 768, 810, and 850 Barrett Avenue, and. 1,235 East Breckenridge Lane containing approximately 9.67 acres and being in Little Metro, case number 22, zone 0138. Motion to approve. Motion. 
Properly moved by Councilman Engel, second by Councilman Reed, and we are ready for discussion. Redevelopment. Uh, this is located in uh, Council District 6. Uh, the current use is a vacant institutional and the proposals for mixed use. The existing zoning is OR2, C2, and R6. With, uh, and then the proposals for a planned development district in the traditional neighborhood form district. Uh, the change in zonings from R6 multifamily, OR2 residential, and C2 commercial to planned development district. Uh, this is the site of the former Urban Government Center. Uh, the proposal, again, is mixed-use development. Uh, there's a pattern book that goes along with the uh, planned development district. Uh, so this is the Urban Government Center site. So this is taken out of the pattern book showing uh, land use, uh, the land use map where uh, the different land uses uh, in the pattern book could be located. Uh, so th this is a, a listing of the uh, what could occur in those green areas, uh, the mixed use areas. So we've got residential uses, civic and open space, office, and a listing of commercial uses that could happen in those areas. And it, this uh, further uh, states what could be used there. Uh, so there are limited land uses uh, indicated as well, as well as prohibited land uses, which are mainly car orient or auto-oriented uses. Uh, so this is uh, the subject property from Barrett Avenue. And uh, this is the former Ur Urban Government Center site. Uh, the Urban Government Center site from Vine Street. Uh, so these are the surrounding areas, uh, mixed non-residential down Barrett Avenue. Uh, this top photograph is looking south and then the top one's looking north. Uh, mixed use down East Breckenridge Street. Um, so at the uh, intersection of East Breckenridge, uh, there's uh, institutional and residential and then further down, you, you get into more residential. Uh, so a neighborhood meeting was held on May 16th, 2022, uh, with a land development transportation meeting on January 12th, 2023. Uh, Planning Commission held its public hearing on February 7th, 2023, where six people spoke in opposition, and there was a motion to approve the change in zoning from R6C2 and OR2 to PDD by a vote of seven to zero. And that ends my presentation. Councilman Baker. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, as you all know, this is in District 6, and I wanted to, um, as a courtesy to my constituents and colleagues, let you all know that I did my due diligence on this property and also wanted everybody kind of, if you can give me time, grant you on why I'm encouraging a yes vote through the planning um, uh, committee. Um, the first first step as a newly elected councilman, uh, uh, councilman was looking at the objections. As you all know, this is the third time a developer has um, submitted a plan and the second time that's appeared um, before council. Um, 
One of the objections that I came across in, in, in fine combing this is, and if my colleagues can go to the Planning Commission staff report um, document, was um, that the city was going to get it for a dollar. Um, that's necessarily not true when it's going to take, it's a liability of $15 million to demolish, $15 million to develop. Um, another um, uh, objection was the, um, that it wasn't meeting the pattern book. Um, uh, with meeting with Planning and Zoning and Director Liu and, and some others, this property not only meets the pattern book, but it also, uh, the developers agreed to include some ar architectural elements in the property as well. Um, as it relates to the traffic, um, there's been two traffic studies on this property, and my office has also um, funded a uh, drone study for it. So it's not, um, there's a precedent to it. So as you go to down that planning um, and zoning commission um, staff analysis, if you go down to page um, where the binding elements um, begin, um, that's been addressed. Um, there has already been a precedent for this type of traffic. Anyone who's going to do a special event still has to uh, qualify for a conditional use permit. Um, also, Metro Works has already approved the preliminary land use plan. Um, it complies with the comprehensive and land development. Um, as for sustainability, the open space is required uh, by the proposed pattern. Um, if you, and I'll, I know I'm going a little fast, but I want you guys to, to take a look at it. Also, I want to refer you, uh, my colleagues, uh, to the binding ele uh, elements. Is this plan a thousand percent perfect? But again, to my colleague's point, if not this, then what? I can't uh, couldn't say it better. Um, I've met with a lot of the local leaders in the area. The developer has done an outstanding job of reaching out to uh, neighborhood groups as well, as far as getting the opinion on what this development is going to look like, uh, on what they can. So. Uh, I can go on and on and on, but again, as you review the binding elements, um, if you look at the precedence of traffic flow, if you look at the unanimous vote from our Planning and Zoning uh, Commission of 7 to 0, I strongly encourage you to support the plan. Um, again, I uh, refer uh, my colleagues to page uh, in question with the uh, binding elements, and also the developer has worked in the community benefits agreements. Again, this property, I know we can go all night and we can spin our wheels um, on and, and poking holes, but from the plan, the goal, there's an affordable housing plan. It's going to be spread throughout, so it's not going to be in single uh, building. Um, I've been at, um, I hid in the back uh, as a newly elected councilman before people could recognize me and stayed in the meeting that was in, on Hancock Street for six hours, um, listening to what the concerns and so the concerns of the neighborhoods is uh, where I had started to pull, my, pull the string, so to speak. Um, and so, again, I strongly encourage uh, uh, this plan. I believe it does a great deal for District 6, tying in some of the developments of Nulu, Barstown Road, um, District 8, and 15 to be avail uh, affected. But again, um, I, I cannot stress uh, more the type of developments that, you know, from when I survey constituents, neighborhood associations, and again, what's on the record. Um, uh, ethically, we have to go what's on the record. And so based on the record, um, I'm strongly encouraging my colleagues for a yes vote on this uh, proposal. Thank you, Madam Chair.
Thank you, Mr. Baker. I just had a quick question. Um, I don't know if the county attorney needs to answer this or, or Julia, if it was you, because I know Council um, Commissioner Mims asked a question about the major changes to the permitted uses of the distribution of zones that she stated that it would go before the Planning Commission, ultimately the Metro Council. So do we don't need that standard binding element because it would automatically come back in front of us? Uh, that's correct, Madam Chair. Uh, so plan development districts are uh, fairly unique within our zoning code. Um, they have a specifically already outlined process for both major and minor amendments. Those are all defined in the code. I can pull those if you want, but really it, it, it's fairly close to this type of thing that uh, our element already does capture. Um, and so it, it's already, already really contemplates how changes should be addressed. And uh, if they were to do a major amendment, and actually it's a greater process than our current binding element uh, requires okay. um, because of what's called a charrette. So there's sort of this special yes. public hearing uh, with the neighborhood. So um, we're already pretty covered on that front. I just didn't want anybody questioning why we weren't adding it since it's such a huge piece of development in my mind. Councilman Batshawn. Thank you, Madam Chair. So we're approving, we're, we're looking to approve the zoning of the change on this. If, and it, will this come back to us with updated renderings and what it, it's the future of the look will be and, and, and the plans of what this development's gonna look like when it's finished? Go ahead, Julia. So with the plan development district, uh, staff uh, looks at the pattern book as uh, uh, the requirements for the site. And if the development plan meets the requirements of the pattern book, then uh, that development plan is approved. Sorry, I, okay, I've seen the pattern book now. Sorry, my oh, No worries. Yeah, thank you. I think it's the next item that we'll do after this portion of it. Okay, uh, Councilwoman Rui. Hi, thank you. Uh, I would like to just say that I've seen the pattern book that was written for One Park North and the pattern book that was uh, developed for this site, and I can see a significant difference in the quality of the development between one and the other, but I also know this is the third iteration of this, and although I'm not thrilled with the pattern book the way it's developed, I will vote in favor of this. Councilman Baker? And uh, just want to kind of respond even, uh, that it's in line with the pattern book, but when you look at just certain overall things uh, on page three where it talks about the provision for a safe and efficient vehicle and pedestrian tra transportation, um, you know, it says that provisions for safe and efficient vehicle and pedestrian transportation within and around the development of the community has been provided, and Metro Public Works has approved the preliminary land use code. The provisions of sufficient open space or scenic and recreational to meet the needs of proposed development. Uh, open space is required by the proposed pattern book and we prov provide it as required. The provision of adequate drainage facilities on the subject site in order to prevent drainage problems from occurring on the subject site. You know, the uh, Metropolitan Sewage District will review the detailed district development plan as they submit. So um, the list goes on and on um, to check certain boxes in a broad way. So even though we may not know exactly what it looks like, it's all in compliance with the um, pattern book and also um, with our Metro agencies, so. And I think the Planning Commission actually heard um, both of these simultaneously, but we have it broken down to two different ordinances um, 
That's why you see this one's followed by the other one. Councilman Engel. Thank you, Madam Chair. I, I just want to really make a comment here uh, and say it, this is very welcome news. When, when I heard that reading, um, I didn't know which number this was, but when I heard that reading, I looked and I said, Councilman Baker, wow, welcome to the Planning and Zoning Committee. You, t you, <laughs> took, on, you took on the Urban Government Center? I mean, that's that, and then to my left over here, I mean, Councilman Owen took on that project in, I mean, welcome. These guys are, the ladies are thrown right into this. So I know we're not voting on an MVP for the day, Madam Chair, but it would be Councilman Baker for this one. But anyway, um, well done. Uh, but I mean, there had to be, sig there has to, I mean, I don't know how many years we've been at this thing, but it's been looked at significantly. So applaud the planners and those, those that, that think big and think out of the box. I think this could be good stuff. Thank you very much. I, I will support this. Didn't this used to be the old Baptist Hospital? And I can tell you, going up into some of those offices up there, it's still, when Metro government had offices over there, it still looked like a hospital on the inside. So it's very old. Any other questions or comments before we move towards a vote? We're ready to vote. Vice Chair Reed. Yes. Without objection, voting is closing. There are seven yes votes and one voting present. And this will go to O Business at our next council meeting. And we'll move on to item number three, which is a companion to this, an ordinance relating to the plan development option in the pattern book for property located at 814 Vine Street containing approximately 2.0. 2.1014 acres and being in Louisville Metro, case number 22DDP0116. Julia Properly moved by Councilman Batshawn and seconded by Councilman Engel. We're ready for discussion. Sorry about that. Julia Williams, uh, Planning and Design Staff. Uh, so this was heard at the same time as uh, the previous case that you voted on. Uh, this is 22 DDP 116, the cottage is on Vine, uh, at 814 Vine Street, located in Council District 6. Uh, it's an existing parking lot, it's vacant. Uh, the proposal is for residential. It's in the UN uh, zoning district in the traditional neighborhood. Uh, so it is in the UN zoning district. Uh, the applicant chose the plan development option and uh, this proposal goes along with the pattern book that uh, was with the that was with the uh, zoning change. Uh, so this is a revised detailed district development plan, major preliminary subdivision with revised binding elements. Uh, this is the site of the firmer uh, urban government center parking lot. Uh, it proposed single family subdivision. Uh, it has the same pattern book as the change in zoning. This was previously rezoned uh, from R6 to UN under 18 zone 1062. They're proposing 20 single family buildable lots. Uh, this is the applicant's development plan. Uh, Vine Street is at the top of the screen. Uh, so this is the subject property. As you can see, it is a parking lot. Uh, so there's mixed non-residential down Barrett Avenue on both sides, or yeah, so this was a similar 
uh, slide that you saw before. Uh, mixed use down East Breckenridge Street and primary, primarily um, uh, residential further down Breckenridge. Uh, mixed use down Vine Street, although it's mostly residential, so there's corner commercial. Um, adjacent mixed use along Vine Street. Uh, so the applicant had a neighborhood meeting on May 12, 2022. Uh, the Planning Commission held its public hearing on February 7, 2023, where six people spoke in opposition and the, there was a motion to approve uh, the change in zoning, but it was also a motion to approve the uh, district development plan with the plan development option uh, by a vote of seven to zero. And that ends my presentation. Councilman Baker. Uh, again, I uh, strongly encourage my colleagues. Again, this uh, ordinance or resolution is a conjunction with the previous one. Um, I, the same sentiment applies. Um, and again, for for the developer to achieve some of the uh, community community uh, benefits agreements and the binding element in the affordable housing, uh, I just encourage. Uh, my colleagues to support this as well. I'm not gonna go all like I did, but I think you all get the point. Thank you. It has a great pattern book. I just gotta say, it, I was really impressed with the pattern it's book. It's a similar pattern book, not the same. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Thank you. Any other questions, comments before we entertain a vote? We're ready to vote, Ms. Cheryl. Vice Chair Reed. Vice Chair Reed. Did you say yes, Vice Chair Reed? Yes. Thank you. Without objection, voting is closing. There are seven yes votes and one voting present, and this will go to O Business at our next council meeting. Moving on to item number four, which was tabled, so the motion after it's read into the record will be to untable. An ordinance related to the zoning of properties located at 7717 and 7721 St. Andrew's Church Road, containing approximately 1.197 acres and being in Louisville Metro, case number 22 zone 0111, as amended. Motion to untable. Second. Properly moved by Councilman Engel and seconded by Councilman Batshawn, it is untabled. And I think there were some questions that uh, Councilman Batshawn needed to get answered on that property. Yes, go ahead. Um, yes, yeah, so thank you, uh, Madam Chair. We um, untabled this today and before us, um, a Dollar General store is gonna go in on San Andrew's Church Road. And um, there has been some concerns in regards to um, who owns the private road and whether that road needs to be turned into a city road or whatnot. And that's a, another conversation for another day with the Cardinal Oaks development. And, um, and there's been some concerns with the neighborhood um, behind them, the condos, um, of you know, whether that sidewalk is gonna be put along the side and people crossing the bridge from the Fort Haven neighborhood to walk through the community. Um, and I'm gonna pass that on to um, County Attorney Travis Feaster um, to answer some of those concerns, but I think we, he may be able to provide a solution for that. Um, we obviously had some conversation in regards to 
when the roading was road was going to be widened um, by uh, Kentucky State um, tr uh, Transportation um, of St. Andrews Church Road. Obviously, as Kentucky State Road Transportation loves to say they're going to get something done, and it's 20 years later, um, but nor here nor there. We are looking forward to that road being widened. I would love to see you know, a turning lane, but it's, I don't think that we need to cross that bridge. Um, and I will pass it on to Travis. Thank you, Councilman. I just realized I haven't been introducing myself all day. I don't know. I never know. Am I supposed to do that every time, Madam Clerk? Uh, Travis Feaster, Assistant County Attorney, quite all right. That's, that's on me. Um, so to address the ownership of, of Cardinal Oaks Drive, which was one of the significant questions last time, um, Cardinal Oaks Drive and the Cardinal Oaks um, development with those um, condominiums, that's all one single plot of land, one big piece of property. Um, and so even though it's labeled a, a private street, you can almost think of it like a driveway. I mean, it's just the only access point to, the, to that development. Um, it's owned in common ownership by the various owners of those condos. Um, and uh, like we discussed last time, there's really nothing that requires them to give access to this development. And uh, based on the, the amount of traffic that um, is likely to come through this, I can understand why they might not want to for risk of um, additional wear and tear on Cardinal Oaks. Um, so that, that's sort of where that stands. Um, if in the future they were to work out some agreement, we can uh, talk about it at that point, but there's, a, there's nothing requiring them to do so. As for the, the bridge at the rear of the property, which we heard some about in the, um, in the record, I, I think, and admittedly, I'm not personally aware of the ownership, but it appears from logic that that bridge is contained within their property. They, the development, the parcel seems to be on both sides. So assuming that is Cardinal Oaks Bridge, they could potentially, you know, gate it, have a key card access, whatever, if they'd like. Um, it doesn't seem to be a sort of uh, public utility. I mean, if there is some sort of easement on the books with them, then obviously they need to continue to grant access to whoever those folks are. They may want to hire an attorney and dig through some old records because it is an older development. But uh, ultimately, if it is solely their bridge for use by their, uh, their members, then they could gate it if they'd like and um, you know, keep that access just as private as Cardinal Oaks Drive itself is. Any questions or comments? I'm in the queue, Madam Chair. I'm sorry, I didn't. Go ahead, Councilman Reed. Uh, yes, thank you, Madam Chair. I was going to ask uh, Councilman Batshawn, he was talking about widening the road, if he'd actually costed it out uh, in conjunction with the crews actually doing the uh, the initial construction, because I had a, a similar situation a couple of years ago on Wolfpin Branch, where initially it was uh, it was too expensive to build that turn lane, but because LG&E was already out there doing repairs, Public Works was able to do it sort of in a piggyback uh, manner for probably a fraction of the cost. Go ahead. Um, thank you, Councilman Reed. I did not think of that. Um, and I'm happy to to bring those conversations up and, and open that discussion with the proper um, people. I know there has been some significant construction on the road and in that general area um, by traveling it. Um, and I'm happy to, to try to put those pieces together. Just a suggestion. Any other comments, concerns? Seeing none, we're ready to vote. Cheryl? Vice Chair Reed. Yes. 
Without objection, voting is closing. There are six yes votes and one not voting and one voting present, so this will go to old business. Moving right along to item number five, which is an ordinance related to zoning of properties located at 22.3 and 22.5 South Spring Street, containing approximately 0.2122 acres and being a local metro, case number 22, zone 0128. Motion. Properly moved by Councilman Reed, second by Councilman Batshom. We're ready for discussion. Julie Williams, Planning and Design Services staff. This is case number 22, zone 128, the Payne Street Bakehouse and Guest House. Uh, this is located in Council District 9 at 223 and 225 South Spring Street. Uh, the existing use is residential and or the existing use is restaurant and residential. Uh, the proposal is to maintain that restaurant and expand and have a short-term rental. Uh, the existing zoning is R6 and C1 with the C1 portion being um, at the corner of Payne Street and Spring Street and the proposals for the whole property to be C1 in traditional neighborhood form district. Uh, the request was a change in zoning from R6 multifamily and C1 commercial to C1. Uh, there was a waiver and a variance uh, approved on the site, as well as a detailed district development plan with binding elements. Uh, so it is an existing bakery and uh, cafe, and they're proposing to expand. Uh, they want to uh, renovate the existing residential structure for a short-term rental unit. Uh, this is located in the Irish Hill neighborhood. Uh, there's on-street parking along South Spring Street and existing parking along Payne Street uh, via an existing license agreement with Public Works. Uh, so this is a view into the site from Spring Street at, at Payne. Uh, so these are the surrounding areas, uh, residential and commercial across Payne Street, uh, commercial warehouse to the east of the site. Uh, commercial and residential across Spring Street and residential to the north of the site. Uh, this is the applicant's development plan. Uh, you can see the existing structure and uh, the proposed expansion to the rear and then the renovation of the existing house to a short-term rental. And then you can see that parking that is located within the right-of-way. Uh, so these are elevations of uh, the property uh, the existing bakehouse um, at the corner of Spring and Payne Street will remain the same with the expansion to the rear and then renovation to occur with the existing residential. So the neighborhood meeting was held on June 7th, 2022 with the LD&T meeting on uh, January 26, 2023. The Planning Commission held its public hearing on February 16th, 2023 where no one spoke in opposition and there was a motion to recommend approval of the change in zoning from R6 to C1 to C1 by a vote of 6 to 0. Are there any questions? Councilman Owen. So this is in the 9th District, and uh, these, this is exactly the kind of small local business that we want to encourage and support in the 9th District. 
And so I'm so happy that they've been there for a couple of years now, and I'm so happy that they're doing well enough to feel like they can expand and include a, a, a short-term rental unit uh, along with their current bakery. If you haven't been there, you should go. Uh, they do an excellent job. Um, so I just wanted to speak very much in support of this and hope you will support it as well. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Any other questions or comments? Councilman Reed, this was from last time. It just, it just, oh, yes, ma'am. It just showed up on my phone. <laughs> okay. Not, don't know why, but okay. All right, there's no one in the queue, then we're ready to vote. Cheryl? Vice Chair Reed? Yes. Councilmember Owens? Yes. Without objection, voting is closing. There are six yes votes, and this will go to old business at our next council meeting. Um, councilman, oh, I'm sorry, Councilman Reed. So there'll be seven yes votes, and it'll go to old business. Sorry, Councilman Reed, we left you out that time. I did. Before we adjourn, because we're back to the discussion part at the end of that, and we are not going to be having a discussion today, but I thought maybe you might want to just tell us what's in store at, our, at the next time that we come up. I know BOZA is one of them, something that interests a whole lot of us, which is the Board of Zoning Adjustment. So if you'll identify yourself, Director Liu, and... Yes, my name is Emily Liu, Director of Lu Metro Planning and Design Services. Uh, so next time at the Planning and Zoning uh, Committee meeting, if you have time, uh, we prepared uh, two presentations actually. One is talking about Board of Zoning Adjustment. I know you do not have uh, a lot of cases related to Board of Zoning Adjustment, but I do know you have a lot of interest in that subject, like short-term rental, boarding house, uh, all of that actually goes to the Board of Zoning Adjustment. We're going to talk about that. And another subject I think you also do a lot uh, in your district is zoning enforcement. So we prepared two presentations uh, for you at your next meeting, if we have time. If not, like today is a very busy agenda, we can just wait for uh, the next meeting. So thank you. Thank you, Director Liu, and thank you to your staff for putting all these programs and discussions together for us, because I think it's been very helpful even as a refresher for people who can't be here. They can at least watch that portion of the uh, of Planning and Zoning Committee to catch up on maybe something new, something that we've forgotten. So thank you very much. So without objection, this committee will be adjourned until sometime in April. Without seeing no objection, we are finished for the day. Thank you.